have a seat. You're getting exercise this morning, up and down, right? It's good. So normally uh, we come to you uh, in the fall, uh, the leadership of the church, and we share with you kind of where we have prayerfully been seeing the Lord working and, and the sense of calling that we have for the next season. Each year we want to be intentional about building another aspect to the church that, that God is fashioning and forming, forming here and has been over the last 17 years with Solano Community Church. Uh, normally we, we bring that to you in the fall, but because of all the ups and downs of this season, because of the changes and the dynamics of the pandemic and the many other things that we've experienced, uh, we wanted to share with you a little bit of what we're thinking now at the end of the spring so that you could give input on it uh, we could begin be refining it over the summer, uh, and then we can kind of kind of come back to it uh, in the in the excuse me the fall, uh, and maybe even in the process we can get a little bit excited about what the Lord intends to do with us in the next season. I know that I have been very encouraged in the conversations that we've had, and um, the direction that seems to be emerging out of those conversations. Uh, I'm the voice piece this morning, but we have a very collaborative process that involves our council, our elders, our staff. The staff was just on retreat, even some elements of council elders and staff being all together in the same room. Uh, and now we're inviting you. Uh, and the way we're going to invite you is at the end of what I share, there's going to be a QR code, and you can pull out your phone and click on that QR code, and you will be able to provide feedback on a little uh, form that will come up when you click on that code. So um, we'd love for you to do that and even begin uh, thinking about that. We're going to be asking questions about how you might see yourself be involved, what ideas you have to, to improve what we're sharing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I want to start off thinking about vision a little bit. I want to think a, bit, a little bit about our context uh, in the world in this time. You know, as we think about what's next for our church, we always do that within uh, the cultural context. Uh, and, and, and that has dramatically shifted over this last season, as I'm sure you are aware of, over the last years, really. Uh, as a pastor and as a pastor who works with other pastors, I've seen this over and over again. It's come up in all kinds of conversations. And I wanted to point out, I made a little bit of a list of some of the things that have shifted. And some of these are really healthy. I'm actually, as hard as the season has been, there are some good changes that are happening, I think, within the church. And, and it's going to result in some, some improvements in a number of ways. Uh, not, not for us just, but for the church uh, in, in, this, in the United States. So we're seeing <clears throat> the first one, the end of a kind of a ministry model. Uh, some of you may have heard of this the church growth movement uh, and its emphasis on a very programmatic uh, ministry that's usually catalyzed by a single dynamic leader, that appears to be ending right now. Um, and, that, you know, if you were one of the people who was really into the Mars Hill podcast, um, you will have heard, I think, really what is sort of the end of that uh, movement, the church growth movement. And it's going to be replaced by more of a life-on-life discipleship orientation within the local church, which is going to be a beautiful thing. We are seeing the end of a, a kind of a leadership indulgence within the church context, whether that be, you know, church celebrity, which we've had a lot of in uh, the last years, decades, uh, abuse of power, 
within the church context, unchecked sexual abuse in the church context, or any other corporate indulgence towards leaders, there's a new resolve against all of these. And almost every week, um, there is this uh, celebrity church person or that organization where a new revelation emerges and, uh, you know, we, we see what's really been happening. And as painful uh, as that process is, it is a good and necessary process for the refining of the church. So we talk about vision within that context as well. We're seeing the end of what you could call a season of hypocrisy. It's no longer acceptable for churches to say they believe in unity and then to carry on with practices that facilitate division, whether that be between races or between different types of churches or between men and women within the church, et cetera, et cetera. There are all kinds of divisions that we can be practicing. And we're really seeing, I think, a, a beautiful end to, the, to an acceptance of that. And we are, in this coming season, going to be held um, to uh, account for uh, the uni- unity that we profess, that we believe in, that's in the Scripture so powerfully. We're seeing the end of a season of cultural comfort for Christians. Uh, Being a Christian used to be sort of the norm in our society. And uh, on some level, you know, uh, the church and the culture uh, mutually reinforced one another, right? And we're seeing an end to that. Increasingly, what's going to happen is we're going to be experiencing that being a Christian is going to set us apart from the world. And and that's not going to be comfortable at times. And so... As Christians, all those scriptures that talk about, you know, persecution, that talk about how it's hard to take up your cross and follow Christ, we haven't always had to feel that. And sometimes we come to those scriptures and we wonder when that experience will be. Well, I think that in the coming season, it's going to be more common that we'll experience discomfort as as Christians. And so we need to be ready for that. Um... We're seeing the end of a season of the commingling of church and politics. Well, at least I think we're going to see the end of it. Maybe we're not seeing the end of it quite yet. But on the one side, uh, we have you know Christian nationalism, where you have Christianity subjected to, uh, subservient to a kind of a nationalism. And then on the other side, you have Christian progressivism, where you've got Christianity subjected to, subservient to, a progressive mindset. And both of those fail to have Christ at the very center. And so ultimately, and I don't know when, but ultimately both of those are going to fail because they don't have with them Christ at the very center. They don't have the cornerstone at the center. And when they do, that will be a good thing when they fail. And then uh, just to call out one more, and this is probably not an exhaustive list in all the ways that the world around us has changed, but we're seeing the end of Christian consumerism. No longer is it going to be viable to use the Christian faith, which has been one of the problems of the United States, the church in the United States, to utilize, to use the Christian faith to sort of baptize the American dream. It's like ultimately we really want the fulfillment of our dreams, and if Christianity helps us get there, then we will embrace Christianity. Well, that's going to start to break apart. And so then we're going to experience a sense where if you are a Christian, it's really because you have come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and that you are willing to sacrifice 
sacrifice for that. And you're willing to have your life upset and things to be changed around you and to stand up for that. That's kind of the season that I see we're moving into as a church. And that is going, in many respects, to be a good thing for the church to be refined. It's always difficult. It's always painful to be refined. But following Jesus is supposed to be costly, at least according to the scripture and according to the words of Christ himself. And all of this was happening before the pandemic came upon us, but with the pandemic, some of these dynamics were accelerated. It was almost like jet fuel was poured on the process that was already taking place. So we find ourselves in what I call, and others would call, a liminal moment. Now, that's a big word, uh, and sometimes we use a big word because it helps us to remember something. A liminal moment. Liminal means relating to a transitional or initial stage of a process. So uh, liminal moments have certain characteristics about them. They're disorienting, but they usually result in something new and something good, something fresh. And that's what we're experiencing in the season right now. It's a bit disorienting. It may be disorienting, uh, but it's going to result because if we approach it in the right way, it's going to press us back into the Word of God, back into the core dynamics of what it means to be a church, back into the life-on-life relationship and the way that we make disciples. And all of that is ultimately going to be good. So while these changes call us to think in fresh ways, we also continue to remember that our central purpose has not changed. We exist to make loving God and neighbor an everyday reality. That's just the great commission, a great commandment, excuse me, uh, the great commandment that we're to love our neighbor and we're to love God. That's, that's what we're approximating more and more each day as we gather together in home groups, as we worship together on Sunday, as we build relationship together. We are approximating that vision more and more. It's our ultimate goal to make loving God and neighbor an everyday reality. And the question is, how do we keep on pursuing that central purpose while uh, we acknowledge the changes in the context around us. And the leadership of the church has been grappling with these questions over the last while and uh, last months, really, both in the council meetings, as I say, in our elder meetings and conversations, in our staff, uh, in our staff retreat recently, and then we've even been all three teams gathering together for some meetings. And so uh, just excited to share with you where a kind of a preview of where we see the Lord taking this church building this church. And and after I share this, we're going to have time to pray that God would empower this work that he's doing. So a few uh, thoughts about vision itself. A vision is just a way to think intentionally about the future, okay? We can't get sideways when we talk about vision. It all has to come out of the scripture. It has to be rooted in scripture. And so uh, I want to just share with you some, some helpful ways to think about vision. The most helpful way I know to think about vision comes from a, uh, a man named Will Mancini. Um, and he, he talks about two different components to it. Uh, the first is the vision frame, which just seeks to describe who we are. It's sort of the being element. And then uh, the, the second part of it will be the, more, the direction for the church. So um, the vision frame consists of, and we'll put a little graphic up here for you, uh, vision and values and mission and measures. Uh, And so uh, for Solano, these look like this. Our vision is to make 
loving God and neighbor in everyday reality. Uh, that's what uh, I just shared with you. Uh, on the values side, we have gospel. So we value the gospel. We value grace and truth. We value community. We value transformation. When you come to Jesus Christ, when we gather together and we do these things, we're going to be changed. We're going to grow. We're going to be different than when we first started. And then commission, we value that every person has been called by God with a ministry to be out in the world doing wonderful things for Jesus. Um, our mission, this is what we do to bring about the vision, is to make disciples among all people, to make disciples among all people. That's just the great commission. The great commission leads to the great commandment, which is the vision. And then the measure, how do we know if we've arrived at this place? More and more people living on mission for Jesus. More and more people living on mission for Jesus. So the vision frame captures who we are. It's, a, it's about church identity. I'm not going to talk a lot about this we talk about this in our membership class. We just had a membership class. We'll have another one coming up. If you missed this last one, come to the next one. We'll go into this a little bit more fully. The next thing I want to talk about, though, the next component of vision is what uh, Will Mancini calls the horizon storyline. And this captures where we're headed. This is the picture inside of the frame. So the frame is static. It stays the same. The horizon storyline is a picture of where we see ourselves going into the future. And the beautiful thing about the horizon storyline is that it helps you to think through the future in different segments of time. What can you accomplish in five years? What can we accomplish in three years? What can we accomplish in one year? What can we accomplish in 90 days, right? When you look at those different horizons, you have different answers to the question. The horizon storyline appreciates that people often overestimate, as the adage goes, what they can do in a short term and underestimate what they can do in the long term, right? People overestimate what they can do in the short term and underestimate what they can do in the long term. So when we stretch our minds to think out five or ten years, which would be the, the farthest point on the horizon, then it does things to the way we think about what we might accomplish with God's help through his empowerment. Uh, and then we need to build down from that to think about what do we need to do next. So I want to talk about our horizon storyline for a few minutes uh, I want to think about the five-year and then the kind of the three-year, maybe five to ten, the three-year, and then just the one-year. And I'm not going to get into the shorter 90 days because that'll, that'll, that stuff is a little bit more obvious. But if we look out five years with Solano Community Church, um, if you look to the furthest point on the horizon, we see that our goal is to equip and send gospel ambassadors throughout the Bay Area and throughout the world. On a Monday morning, People from this church are all over the Bay Area, and they have the potential to be salt and light, to use the terms that Jesus uses, in their workplaces and in their neighborhoods. But not only that, on a Monday morning, people from this church are actually all over the world. In our 17 years, given where we're located and the amount of people that we have coming through because of our proximity to the university, the relative youth of our community being in an urban context, we have all kinds of people coming through this church who have a, a period of time to be with us and then end up in places all over the world. Uh, we're going to go see, my wife Jody and I are going to go to a wedding in France this summer of somebody that we met because of Hume Lake Camp. Uh, and while over there, uh, Jody's going to be there a little bit longer, while over there, she's going to visit four to five people who are now living in France who have been a part of this church. 
You could, be, you could say the same for many regions, many places around the world. The impact that we have in the time that we have extends all around. So we need to capture that. We need to capture that. Uh, as an urban church, like I said, we're close to a major university. We've got a youngish congregation, and we're going to have this high turnover rate because of where we are. That's just the reality of being where we are. We need to structure ourselves so that we can make a big impact on somebody's life in a short amount of time. That's what we want to do. We want to make a big impact on somebody's life in a short amount of time. Our job is to help people get connected, get grounded, get healthy, get strong, and get going. That's the articulation of uh, how our mission unfolds so that they can become ambassadors for Christ wherever they are. Uh, and I just want to say to those of you who are not in that rapid turnover dynamic, if you're here uh, for the long haul, uh, or, you know, maybe you thought that you were going to be here for the short haul, but you came and God pricked your heart and said, no, this is the place for you to maybe even make some hard decisions and live here so that you can have an impact on the people's lives here. We had a woman on the church plant that we recently helped with in um, Oakland who had a wonderful job offer. This story just came out in our group of churches. We have this blog, and she just told the story. She, she was part of Solano Community Church. She had a great opportunity to go to a wonderful job in another city, in another part of the country. But she knew we, was, we were going to be planting this church. So she turned down that offer, not even knowing if she would have an offer here, trusting the Lord for his call on her life. And lo and behold, she got the offer here and she stayed here and now she's a part of New City Church helping to plant that church, an absolutely critical part of that church. See, we need to be thinking in, this way, in these ways. If you are here with us and you are, maybe you consider yourself when you look around at this community of faith as being on the older side, right? So if you're here permanently or you're, you're older or both and, you know, I just want to say bless you because you are part of the equipping team. You are part of the team that God is building to equip ambassadors who come to this community of faith for a short period of time and they get sent out all over the Bay Area and beyond. And I want to invite those of you who think you're here temporarily to ask yourselves the question, maybe does God want me to be here permanently? To be part of the team that's going to raise up and train up people all for the mission of Christ. The key verse here is 2 Corinthians 5.18. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. That's the five-year concept. Let me talk a little bit about when you look three years out into the horizon. I've got what I'm calling embassy initiatives. If you look closer in the three-year time frame, we want to turn this place, and the church is not the building, the church is the people, but sometimes we talk about it this way. We want to turn this place into an embassy for raising up ambassadors for Jesus. An embassy for raising up ambassadors for Jesus. 
Uh, and for this to happen, we have identified some key initiatives. The first one, and I'm just going to roll through them quickly, is to increase leadership capacity. Any organization will be stronger if the load of leadership is shared across multiple shoulders and not falling on the shoulders of one person. In fact, it's unhealthy, unsafe, and less effective to have a church that is dependent on one person or personality. And over the last season, our staff and council and elders have been working on broadening the leadership base because that's going to be critical for us to lean into the vision that God's given us. And that increased capacity is going to facilitate the work of raising up ambassadors. The second initiative is to disciple through hard topics. As a society and a church, we've been in a season of deconstruction. I sort of spoke about this already a little bit. And we've had some really hard discussions uh, society-wide, uh, also within the church context about, you know, uh, race. Uh, we've had really hard conversations about politics and sexual ethics and, and gender roles. And I am repeatedly asked questions about these topics as a pastor. And when are we going to have more conversations? Because we want to know, ultimately, what does God think about all of these things? What is, how does the gospel apply in all of these areas? Uh, and, and, and one of the things that we see as crucial for this next season is to continue to develop that muscle to be able to di disciple people through hard topics. Uh, and we've begun to do that. We, we, we have to speak into these things with gospel hope. One example is that over the last three months, the church council and the elders and the staff have spent 11 hours in a room together talking about what it means to be a multi-ethnic, multicultural church. And out of that, we're beginning to develop some uh, ideas and some concepts of how we will move forward, how we'll bring more people into the conversation, and what the vision for an all-people's church ultimately will look like and begin to move toward. It's not an, a done conversation, but it's been a beautiful way of having a, a beginning conversation so that we can more effectively lead this church into that important area, that important topic. And we want to do that for a number of these hard topics because it's really important that in the coming years the topics like how men and women serve well together in a community, uh, how we live out the biblical sexual ethic, how we care for creation, how we honor the sanctity of life, how we engage politically, all of these are critical questions that we want to dig into together and come to find the answers here that God has for us. The third initiative that has to do with us being an embassy is to Silly way to say it, but to do Gospel Academy. To do Gospel Academy. Um, gospel Academy provides kind of the short-term intentional learning environments where people can be equipped. And this is in contrast to the longer-term, more organic and highly, highly relational environment of the home group. Our home groups have been one of the strengths of this church ever since the very beginning, where people get together every week. They build relationship. They pray for each other. They have good conversation about the sermon. It's organic. It's it's beautiful. We're going to keep that going. But we want to add this other layer, which we've been doing, but we want to do more of, which is uh, Gospel Academy, where it's an intentional space where you can learn. It's like, it's like if you're an athlete, you know, home group is the playing field. That's where you do the Christian church, the, the life together. But you want to go to the gym and get stronger so that when you're doing that, you have the strength to be able to do it. And that's what Gospel Academy is. It's like a trip to the gym. Or if you're a musician, you're in an orchestra. That's like home group and church, 
but you need to go to the practice room and work on your chops so when you're there, you can do it better, right? That's what Gospel Academy is like. And so Pastor Paul has done some great work on really getting this launched for the fall in some powerful ways. We've got cohorts and admin, excuse me, um, seminars that are all going to be happening in the fall that I'm very excited about. And then lastly, we want to nurture plants and facilities. We are blessed, we were so blessed to help New City Church get started in this past year. We have another church that's in the works. This is from our former pastor, associate pastor, assistant pastor, Andrew Franklin, who actually got the call to ministry in this church. And on October 9th of this year, he's going to be launching a new church in Dallas area. It's called Good Shepherd Oak Cliff. And I want you all to know that he's doing that because of the tremendous impact you have had on his life. He's out there planting a new church in an important area because of the tremendous impact that you've had on his life. And we want to see more of that. We also want to think about this facility. Uh, I thought that uh, maybe we'd be able to know exactly uh, how we're gonna, what we're going to do with this facility going forward. But we really feel like we need to have a little bit of time to have some more conversation. There's some huge things that need to be done. New roof, new parking lot. And we want to be convinced that this facility is going to serve the purposes that we need it to serve in the coming season. So we're, we're kind of putting a bookmark on the facility question and giving ourselves a little bit more time to dig in and find answers to it. So that's what it looks like on the three-year horizon. And then just one more on the one-year horizon. I'm calling this one the healthy body. In in August and September, we uh, have a series entitled Why Church? And I think some of us need a refresher on why church is such a crucial part of our lives. And after that, we're going to move into a study of 1 Corinthians Um, 1 Corinthians weaves together a bunch of themes around the body, uh, the body of Christ, the resurrected, the, 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 the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, the body of the church, right? Our physical bodies, all those themes are woven together. And so in 1 Corinthians, uh, we're going to be able to talk about some important topics, spiritual disciplines, spiritual gifts, sexual ethic, all kinds of things. And just to anticipate that, uh, some of what we'll be doing uh, on September 25th, which is our normal vision day, we're going to launch a campaign to get 75% of our people engaged in the spiritual disciplines. Back in our study of Zechariah, we talked about, um, you know, the presence of God in your life being everything. That's the most important thing. You need the presence of God in your life. The spiritual disciplines are a way for you to really get the presence of God into your life in some new and fresh ways. And so I'm excited about that. On September 25th, we're going to launch that campaign. And throughout the fall, just really get everybody involved in the spiritual disciplines. We're also going to get prayer ministry going. Um, We could talk about children and youth and outreach and spiritual gifts, which is going to happen in the winter. Um, So excited about all of that, but I don't have time to go into all that. What I'd like to do right now is just kind of park it there. I'm not going to talk about the next little smaller things. We're going to be gathering and doing spiritual gifts. That's what that bottom box would be. I want to get your feedback. So we're going to put up a QR code. This QR code is also available right outside when you walk. I think it's big enough. It might be that if you pick up your phone, um, you can just uh, open that up. If it's not big enough, it's, there's, there's a number of copies of this right outside. Use this QR code, and there's about, it'll take you maybe five or six minutes. Answer some questions, 
and just give us some feedback and some input about where we're headed and how you want to contribute some ideas that you might have. Would love to get your input, your share back on that. And while you're opening that up, let me just finish with these words. You know, I've been weary of saying that this has been a hard season. Um, But the truth is, in the last, I would say, five years or so, it has been difficult. And it continues to be in a number of ways. Even this morning as we're trying to figure everything out with all the shifts that have taken place this week. I woke up yesterday morning after my day off just like eyes wide open. Sunday's coming and there are so many moving parts and so many things are changing throughout the day. And, you know, it's just been like that. It's been difficult. I know that in your personal life, it's been difficult as well. Um, and it's been difficult to think about where we're headed. It's been difficult to look on the horizon because every time you look on the horizon, anybody feel this? You feel like there's just all these challenges that are staring back at you and you don't even want to look up because it's just too much and it's overwhelming. And there's this beautiful story in the Old Testament about when the king of Syria is chasing the prophet Elisha. And the king of Syria sends his army to the city where Elisha is and surrounds the city with his army. And Elisha's servant wakes up the next, and he looks out, and he's panicked because he sees the armies of Syria all around the city. And Elisha looks out, and he prays. He says, Lord, open up my servant's eyes so that he will see. And behold, God opens up the servant's eyes and they're on the horizon. As many as the bad horses and chariots there are out there, that many more in the spiritual realm are the horses and the chariots of fire, it says, there to protect Elisha and his people. And so for us, it's a similar kind of moment. We can look out and we can see all the the ways with with our physical eyes that the challenges are bearing down upon us. But God's calling us in this moment to look out with spiritual eyes and to know that the same one who started to build the church in the very beginning, just like the passage that we read, he says, I will build my church. And he did that in a context that was arguably much more difficult than the context we are in. That same Jesus is on the throne. That same Jesus is building his church. That same Jesus has poured out his spirit. And so we look to him. Would you stand up and let's just sing before we pray that Jesus would empower us in that. Let's just sing together these powerful truths.